guys. Today, May 31st, 2020, worship service number 192. The topic of today is how to end things. Now, to our viewers, do what we have here. We have our bulletins, and we are about to write notes because it's important that you, you listen, you see, you watch, and you write. That is the way that will be registered in your mind what you learn. So download the bulletin. We are ready here to start this message of this morning. How to end things in the name of Jesus. This is the scripture that we are going to be reading in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everybody with me, please. The night might be filled with tears, but joy comes in the morning. Let's read it again. The night might be filled with tears, but joy comes in the morning. That is a powerful scripture. It's, it, this is the whole concept that we are going to develop today in four sections. Section number one is why we have to end things. The second section is what if I try again? The third section is closure. And the fourth section, God and you. So let's start with why. I will give you three reasons why you have to end things. The first time, the first reason is because sometimes it is impossible to repair certain things. You know this, the saying, you can only scramble the scramble egg. Sometimes things are just so messed up that there is no way that you can fix it. The second reason why is because there are people that are impossible to please. Have you noticed that? It is terrible. Sometimes we have people that are just impossible to please. We think about it. What is the problem with this person? I do whatever I can. I'm trying to fulfill his needs, his desires. Do you have probably a customer like that? Do you have a family member like that? Do you have a co-worker like that? Do you have a supervisor like that? Do you have a pastor like that? <laughs> Do I have a church member like that? <laughs> Do I have a viewer like that? Oh, that's messed up. But that's the reality of life, you know? There are people that are just impossible to please. Whatever you try, whatever you try. And when you are trying to please them and doing the best that you can, sometimes it's just impossible. And you just say, no, I have to end this relationship. It's impossible. Now, the second reason, I'm sorry, the third reason why we need to end certain things is because there are occasions where people just don't get it. Don't get it. You are talking to this person, you are telling this person, listen, you have done so many bad things to me, I, I, I have given you any number of opportunities. We, we do that in our homes, right? Sometimes it's with our children. We said to the kids, listen, I have said to you many times, this is another chance that I'm giving you. I'm going to be out of town. I don't want any mess when I come back in two days. I don't want anybody spending the night. I don't want that. I don't want issues with the neighbor. I don't want problems with the pets. I just don't want problems. So, son, daughter, or whoever lives in your home, and you say, 
I'm, I'm asking you, please give me some indication. Give me some indication that you are understanding what I'm saying. And the person is looking at you, and you know it's not, this person is not listening. You are like, oh, come on, come on. Give me some indication, some sort of response that you are understanding. I don't want problems. I'm giving you a new chance. Do you understand? Blink. Nod. Say yes. Something. And finally, the person goes, ah, sure. So you take your, you know, take your car, you go on your trip, you do your thing, and then you come back. <laughs> and when you come back, <laughs> you see the mess one more time, and you're like, oh, my gosh. You just don't get it, do you? <laughs> That's why sometimes you have to end things. So the three reasons, the three reasons are, which ones? Number one, some things you can't fix. Second, thing, second reason, because there are people that are impossible to please. And the third reason is because there are people that don't get it. Okay? But when you are thinking about it, you can become bitter and frustrated. And you can end, end up crying. <laughs> but I just gave her a new opportunity. I just gave them a new opportunity. And I just messed up again. Many people come to me on a personal level to talk about their disappointment. And they say to me, doesn't this happen? You know, the most crucial event always is cheating. You know, whether it's the husband or the wife, you know, or the employee stealing, or the employer not fulfilling the agreement about the commissions or the bonuses or whatever kind of cheating, you know, lies. And they come to me and they say, he promised me that he won't do that again. She promised me that she will do that right. They promised me this. And I see them broken hearts. Many of my friends, including men, crying with me in my office here in the church, in my home, sometimes in, in restaurants, having a cup of coffee, sometimes over the phone, crying. Very sad, they said, I just don't get it. Why? Why? And then is when I say to them, Psalm 35 is the scriptures that you need to really take into your heart. Let's read it again. The night may be filled with tears, but joy comes in the morning. I said, listen, it doesn't matter. It, what happened, happened. You just need to close this chapter. You just think that something good is about to come to your life. But what about them? What about her? Well, you know what? The Lord is going to do something in their life. Now, second section. Somebody says, but what if I try again? What if I give this person a new opportunity? So here is a very important note for you. You can give a new opportunity to somebody only if whoever failed shows a constant and permanent willingness to really change. That is the true apology. When people messed up, you know what happens? When people messed up, they come to you and they cry and say, 
I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Well, you didn't mean to cheat on me. You were talking with this other person online. So what do you mean by, but you didn't mean to, you know? Some people just do that, but they come and they cry. And some are good to cry. <laughs> some are professional criers. I mean, and I'm not talking just the jesters. I'm talking about real tears. How do they do that? I wonder. They cry with tears the whole nine yards. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry. You know, the employee stealing or whoever, whatever the situation was. And you just think, should I give him a new chance? Okay. First point here. The true apology is not just to cry. Okay? The true apology is not just to cry and say, I'm so sorry. The true apology is when, when the person shows you a constant and permanent willingness to really change. It's not about the crying. My friend, I'm not asking you, and I am not suggesting to anybody to be cruel with those who fail to yield. Okay? You love your kids. You love your spouse. You love your mother. You love your in-laws. You love your friends. I'm not asking you or suggesting be cruel. If they fail to you, close the door and forget about it. I'm not suggesting that. What I, but what I need you to pay attention is if you want to give them a new chance, first condition is don't pay attention to the tears or the, or the crying. Don't pay attention to that because that is just acting of many people. <laughs> many people are actors. You know what is sad? Sometimes you see them in church. You see them on their knees begging God for forgiveness. I won't do it. Can you imagine the judges listening to guys that are doing just what is wrong again and again and again, and they are begging the judge, please, Your Honor, I promise you, I will not do that ever again. And the judge says, Mr. Whatever, I have heard that promise from you at least 10 times in the last month, in the last year. I have thrown you in jail many times for the same problem. How can I believe you? Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not saying don't give them a new chance. But the key is not the tears, the, the, the I'm sorry, I, I promise. No. The key is the person needs to show a constant and permanent willingness to really change. But listen, there are two words here. Constant and permanent. Willingness. Constant means the person needs to show you constantly, I'm going to get it right this time. And the next day, I'm going to get it right this time. And the next day, I'm going to get it right. It's constant and it's permanent. The willingness to change. For real, I want to change. That is the true apology. Okay, next point. You can give the chance to somebody if both agree to be accountable to a third party. There are situations when the only way that you can go through this problem is having a third party and both need to be accountable to this third party. Both. Let's say cheating in marriage. 
stealing in the company or whatever the case may be, you can give a chance to somebody if both are willing to be accountable to a third party. What is the meaning of that? There are two individuals involved in the situation. They promise this, they promise that. I won't do that again. I won't do this again. I will take care of this. I, will, I promise you, I promise you. There is just between two individuals, two parties. The true promise, I hope you're understanding, my friend. The true promise is not the words. It's the willingness of both parties to be accountable to somebody else. When there is a third party, that third party, which could be anyone, anyone that you trust, your dad, your mom, your uncle, your friend, your supervisor, whoever you pick, that both individuals involved in that situation are willing to be accountable, meaning they are going to give an account of their actions. That is the other condition that I want to share with you. Now, you must say, so whoever fails to you, this is your last opportunity. A lot of people don't say that. They are afraid to tell somebody. But people need to hear it. And you know what? Then is when you need to request a response from the person. So you say to this individual, this is your last opportunity. In order to continue working in the company and you have failed many times, listen, this is your last opportunity. Do you want to keep the job? Yes, I want to keep the job. Okay, this is your last opportunity. Now, say those words. I want to hear it from you. Which words? <laughs> that this is your last opportunity. Oh, yeah, sure. No. I want to hear those words. Why? I understand. Why you don't say it? Because I get it. Okay, can you repeat those words? Sure I can. Why you don't repeat those words? What's the point? So somebody is playing a game, and my friend, that's why you need to know how to end things. You have to demand from this individual, listen, this is your last opportunity to stay in my home because you have failed your promises over and over again. I don't want more tears. I don't want more drama. I want a serious commitment. That's why we have this person being the third party. We are going to be accountable, and I want you to say it. You say it or you are out. Say it. This is my last opportunity. Thank you. If, if you don't put order in your relationships, my friend, they will continue playing a game with you. That's why we need to go to the next point. What is the next point? Point number C. It is based on closure. When you cannot come to any some conclusions, any good solutions, any agreements, you have to end things. And why is that? Because sometimes you can't force what does not work. There are situations where you just can't make it work. You just can't make it work. 
So that's why you have to have closure. I'm going to share with you the steps in order to have closure. Are you ready for this? Very well. There are five steps to end things. Step number one, let it go. It's a a bad boyfriend, let him go. It's a bad wife, let her go. It's a bad employee, let them go. It's a bad employer, let them go. Whatever is not working and you have tried and they have failed and they have lied to you and they don't do what they say, you gave them any chances, he repeated, that was my last opportunity, let it go. It's a torture if you don't let it go. My friends, honestly, it's not wise. I would love to say the word that you know I'm thinking, but it's very, you know what? If you don't let it go. It's not smart. It's the opposite. So why you don't let it go? Because, uh, because what? It is proven. It doesn't work. It's not the right person for you. It's not the right employee for you. It's not the right employer for you. It's not the right person for you as a friend. It's not the right thing. It doesn't work. So step number one, let it go. You have to just think, okay, I'm going to get out of this situation, and I need to go to step number three. I have to forgive. (laughs) Because if you don't forgive, you will be bitter. You will be upset constantly. You're just thinking about this person. Oh, I hate this because of that. I hate this person for this and that. I hate this family for this and that. I hate this company for this and that. Yeah, there are companies that sometimes they don't fulfill their promises. It happens. Yes, sir, if you work for us, you know, we, you have to wait two weeks to get your first check. Two weeks? Yeah, two weeks after your two weeks of work. In other words, you're going to wait one month to get the first check. But we want to see you going into training. Buy your own tools. <laughs> get your own vehicle. Pay for everything you need to pay for. Take care of those things. And after two weeks of work, we will process your check. And two weeks later, you will get your check. So I have to wait a month to get my first check. Yes, sir. You do all that. You buy the shirt. Some companies put a price in the T-shirts for the employees. Have you seen that? And the price is unreasonable. $25 for a T-shirt. Really? And the guy is advertising their business of the company. But it happens sometimes. I'm not saying that we don't have to take care of the cost of it, but $25 for a (laughs) T-shirt. And on and on, I can continue giving you the scenario where people get burned. And after the month, there is no check, and the person is not working anymore, and you are working. You stop working for them, right? And then you pass by in front of that company. You just go. You know what happens, right? Customers asking you for a little bit of uh, credit. I'll pay you, but I'm right now in a very rocky moment. Can you wait uh, two weeks for your check? Can I pay you in a month? I promise. And they do the same thing 
you know, and eventually you, you are just tired of it. You know, there are customers that they, they do that. Up to 90 days to pay a bill for a service. How do you feel about that? Well, your electric company is not waiting 90 days for you to pay for that bill, right? All the commitments that you have with, with all these suppliers and providers and all that, they don't wait 90 days. But your customer promised you to wait 90 days. So you, you did what you could to save the relationship. But eventually, you just say, I, I have to let it go. And you, you agree with let it go, right? Okay. I'm not going to work with him anymore. I'm not going to work in this company anymore. I'm not going to be with this person anymore. I, I'm, this is over. I'm done. It's over. I'm letting, letting him go. Okay. Step, step number two. Forgive. If you don't forgive, you will have all those feelings in your heart that will make you bitter. Forgiving has to do with understanding that God forgives us. Forgiving has to do with the fact that not forgiving is against us. I always give the analogy of not forgiving is like carrying a rotten boiled egg in your pocket. Stinks. That, that's the lack of, lack of forgiveness. It's horrible. But eventually you need to learn to forgive yourself. Because you say, yeah, I forgive that, but why did I work for them? Many people told me that. Why did I get involved with this girl? Everybody told me about her. So you have to forgive yourself. Step number three, you have to accept the loss. Sometimes, my friends, we just lose. It's not fun, huh? It's horrible to lose. It's just horrible. We just don't like to lose. But sometimes we have to accept the loss and say, well, you know what? Sometimes, this time, I'm not winning, and I'm going to eat it. You know, whatever the cost may be, you know, I'm going to accept the loss. You have to do it. Step number four, my friend. After accepting the loss, you need to gain self-respect. You know, the reason why many people fail to you, and I'm sorry to tell you this, but it's the truth, because you don't have self-respect. That's why they fail to you. When you don't have self-respect, you don't show that you are serious. You know what happens? They know that they can play with you. So you need to regain the self-respect. And every time you restart a new relationship, you will say, you know what? This is what happened to me. I didn't have that self-respect. That's why I allow her to treat me that way. I allow him to treat me that way. I allow these workers, these employees, to treat me and talk to me that way. I allowed my supervisor to pay me the way that he wanted to pay me. I allowed this customer to pay me whenever they wanted. So after you are closing all the steps, right, you need to gain self-respect. You know, and say to yourself, well, I don't need that. I'm letting it go. I forgive. I'm going to accept the lose. You know, I lost, whatever. But that doesn't mean that I don't have a value, right? 
So I need to gain self-respect. That's point number four. And point number five, in closure, is to learn the lessons. Learning your lessons of that particular experience. And you have to write it down. Let me give you an example. I would like you to think of anything that you lived in the last week that you will consider something like this, that this scenario that we were just talking about. So you let it go. You got offended. You, you know, whatever happens, you need to close that thing, closure. You let it go. You forgave. You, you accept the loose, right? You regain, regain self-respect. I want you to think of that scenario, your scenario, and now I want you to write what are the lessons that you learned from that experience. Please take your time. Write the lessons you learned out of the last experience that you had with somebody that went bad. What are those lessons? Well, I think that I need to check if the new employer is a person, is a company with a good reputation, and they are not thieves and liars. That's my main lesson with this company. With this employee, I think I need to check more their references. I need to make a couple of phone calls and find out if this person that wants to work with me has somebody that worked for this person, worked for them, check the references. Well, next time I start dating somebody, I am going to talk with their friends, his friends, her friends. That's my lesson. Well, the next time that I make an agreement with somebody, I'm going to put it in writing. That's my lesson. I just talk about it. We agreed on that, but I, we never put anything in a paper. Whatever is the experience, you need to learn the lessons. Why? Because if you don't learn the lessons, you will do it again. Do you want to live that again? I don't think so. I don't think so. Learn the lessons. And finally, my friends, remember this. Even though you can see the situation very difficult after you close that relationship, after the closure, this scripture keeps current. The night may be filled with tears, but joy comes in the morning. There is always joy ahead of you. And finally, let's talk about God and you. We know that he will give you always a, a new opportunity to become his and to do things his way. A lot of people think that because God is so merciful, God is going to give them always a new opportunity for everything. Unfortunately, that's not true. I'm going to give you examples. Let's say someone that received many opportunities and messed up because of driving under the influence of alcohol. Okay? Eventually, after so many issues with the law and after ending up in jail and perhaps having an accident, and then that accident, that person ended up in a wheelchair, do you think that suddenly the person is going to get up from the wheelchair after, after driving crazily under the influence of alcohol, fractured the spine 
and now is not able to walk. What are the odds that in a situation like that, the person will come back to walk normally? Very little. And it's not because God doesn't have mercy. But there are situations sometimes that we just messed up so big time that it's impossible. Imagine felonies. Felonies are registered in records. Whenever somebody does a background check, the felony is going to be there. Bankruptcy, same thing. All the issues with our credits, they are there. There are consequences. God always gives us a new opportunity. Whether it's with help, he's giving us opportunities. But there are moments when we just messed up so big time, you know. Relationships is the same thing. And sometimes the person is way, way too old. There is no chance that we'll find somebody else to, to marry. But it's not because God doesn't love this person. I want you to understand, my friend, if you are so messed up, I don't know, I'm just saying, asking you actually. If your life is so messed up, I want you to know that God will give you a new opportunity, but not in the way that you are thinking. The opportunity is that you will be his, and you will do things his way. That is the opportunity, because what really matters is eternity. That's what really matters, eternity. So the new opportunity comes to you in the shape of restoration of your soul. Who knows if you will be able to build a new business again? Who knows if you will be able to recover your health 100% after everything you have done? Who knows if somebody's going to pay attention to you romantically? Who knows? I don't know. Maybe. But what I can guarantee you is that the Lord will give you the opportunity to become his. To be his child. That you will learn to do things his way. Okay. Now let me show you one more thing here on the screen. Revelation 3.20. Look at this scripture. The Lord says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with you, and you will eat with me. That's the invitation from the Lord Jesus to everyone today. Whether it's here in the church, my friend, or you, dear friend, watching and listening, I want you to know there is an opportunity for you to open your heart to the Lord Jesus. But here is the key. He's knocking at the, at the door of your heart. He's knocking. He will not impose himself in your life. Do you understand that? He is not going to force it. If you are listening, and right now you are thinking that I'm talking to you specifically, just know it's true. I'm talking to you specifically. God is talking to you. The Lord is saying to you, open the door of your heart. The, the, your heart has a door that only opens from inside out. He, can, he cannot come and impose his presence. Open that door. I'm getting him. He won't do that. You are the one who needs to open that door. Let the Holy Spirit dwell in your life. To 
because he wants to eat with you. He wants you to eat with him. What is one of the most wonderful things that we experience in life? Regardless of our age, enjoy our food, enjoy our meals. The Lord wants to have that communion with you, but it's up to you. Next Sunday, I will, I will be delivering a message here in the church. And the topic is how to honor dads. June is the month for Father's Day. And most of the time, what happens is a lot of people celebrate mothers, but they forget fathers. Yes, certainly there are many fathers that are bad fathers. We know that. But I want you to know not all fathers are bad fathers. Not all of them. I'm not a bad father. I'm not the best father of the world, but I'm not a bad father. My father was imperfect. He made so many bad things in his life, and he, he did many things that hurt me and hurt my siblings. He was imperfect. He was a good father. My father-in-law, my friends here in the church, I know you guys, good fathers. And you girls, your, your dad, was a good dad. Maybe not perfect, but it's important that we learn how to honor that. That's what I'll be speaking next Sunday. And I want to close again reading this scripture. Say it with me, please. The night may be filled with tears, but joy comes in the morning. There is a new opportunity, and I want you, my friend, to be aware of that, that right now you have that opportunity. Give your life to the good Lord Jesus Christ. You do that by saying a prayer. Open your mouth, open your heart, and just go with me in this prayer. It's on the screen, and you can read it along. Dear God, I need your help. I need to change, and you are my hope to be different. I surrender to you, O oh Lord. Please forgive me for all my sins. I open my heart to you, Lord. I want to obey you and trust you and serve you forever, my Lord. Starting today, I want to see life and people exactly as you do. Because it is on the cross, my friend, precisely on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, where you can receive the forgiveness of your sins. Thanks to Jesus, we all can say, I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. Therefore, I can also declare my life is going to be great and blessed this year 2020. Thank you so much for coming up to church today, my friends. You are blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a beautiful Sunday and enjoy your family and friends. See you next time. Anytime a heart turns from darkness to light Anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight Anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served I know, I know, I know Victory Church. We hope you enjoyed the video.